Welcome to the Better Billing Today podcast. I'm your host, Adam Welchel with Spark Billing. And on this show, we're talking to owners and operators of clinics and small practices. Together, we're creating a positive patient financial experience, streamlining your operations and improving your cash flows. We cover topics like hiring, training, software, HIPAA compliance, insurance, regulation changes, practice management, and the tools that help you run your practice instead of your practice running you. Today, we have an article that we'll share with you and our guest, Chris, our producer at The Controls. You can see all of our episodes and find us on your favorite podcast platform at betterbillingtoday.com. Send in your questions, stories, and more at office at betterbillingtoday.com. Back to you, Adam. Thanks, Chris. In the news today, we have the Attorney General opening an investigation into Vanderbilt University's transgender clinic and a few takeaways from this article that I found pretty insightful. Those billing issues, Scrimetti says, were discovered in this video posted online, as the showing the, the founder of Vanderbilt's transgender clinic openly talking about how she gets around so-called documentation challenges where insurance companies will not pay for transgender care. So for the patient who gets a big bill because their insurance doesn't cover any transgender-related codes, I usually write endocrine disorder, not otherwise specified um, to allow me to order the labs that I want. It's fraud. I mean, the, the government is allowed to set limits on what's going to be reimbursed. Private companies are allowed to set limits on what's going to be reimbursed. And if a doctor in the coding process uses a code that is not the most accurate code for the explicit purpose of avoiding those limitations, they're trying to get money that they are not owed. So the highlight of this article is that the founder of the clinic, Dr. Taylor, uh, admits in a 2019 video that she manipulates the billing codes to ensure transgender patients are not billed the full amount because the insurance company does not cover the entire procedure. And so she refers to this as navigating documentation challenges with insurance companies. Um, Chris, I find that pretty interesting that uh, a doctor is just blatantly lying on these claims and these codes. And, uh, you know, these insurance companies don't cover all of these transgender surgeries. So she's just going to make it up as she goes and says, this is a some sort of endocrine issue and you're covered for that. Yeah, it's, it's a little concerning that somebody would uh, code something, uh, you know, for a patient incorrectly, intentionally, uh, no matter what the procedure or what the type of care that they're seeking is, uh, because well, that goes into their medical record. Uh, so if somebody isn't actually dealing with endocrine issues or if they don't actually have asthma or you know whatever it happens to be, uh, then you probably shouldn't code it for that. Yeah, and you bring up a good point um, that medical billing isn't always about reimbursement. You know, medical coding is about the, histor the history of someone's health journey. And it's about, you know, when you're not the, the care provider, then the next person comes in and looks at your file and, you know, makes decisions based on his medical history. So it's not just about avoiding financial injury when you miscode something intentionally. You're telling a lie that could impact them in their medical journey. And the next doctor in the sequence of this, you know, story that they're going to have for their whole life they're going to have misinformation and they could be making crucial decisions around that person's life if uh, they have an intentionally false story tied to their medical history. 
Yeah, they could see another doctor. Uh, they could move to another state. They could be seeking care elsewhere. And now they have this paper trail of you know things that they're going to have to say, oh, well, this was the exception here. Or this was the exception here. But what if they're in an emergency and they're not conscious enough to explain those exceptions or even alert somebody that there are exceptions uh, and they start receiving care uh, that they maybe should or should not have had? And yes, we, we've we've yet to find out if the patients are even aware at the type of uh, practices that this doctor was using to get these procedures covered. Uh, do they know how how false these uh, claims were in their medical history, and what is that going to do for them? Uh, you know, negatively, you know, years from now when they go see another doctor for you know a different procedure, and and now they have a, a false you know history in their in their records. And the attorney general does categorize this as fraud, although they state clearly that this is not targeting the transgender community as much as it is targeting, you know, fraudulent practices, regardless of why the doctor is, you know, miscoding on purpose. Uh, fraud is fraud. It doesn't matter why you're doing it. Um, there were 106 patients covered by the state insurance plans that linked them to the billing records that have potential criminal behavior on part of the doctor. And the attorney general did identify 106 patients that were covered by state insurance plans. And so the state's now paying for these procedures, regardless of what they're for. Um, they're paying for these procedures that are not covered, and the the medical provider will be facing criminal charges if they can prove that this was, you know, intentional, which it sounds like it is. So does that mean that the doctor is going to lose her license, especially when she is openly admitted to miscoding? Yeah, and I'm not a you know a lawyer, and I, I don't know if the doctor is going to just lose their license or go to jail or go to even go to prison. Um, or get fined. Or get fined and have to pay back the reimbursements that the state gave the medical provider. I'm sure there are layers. There's going to be fines. There's going to be some uh, practice you know, they're going to impede her ability to practice. There may be some jail time. Um, but you have to wonder, like, was this, was this more than just the doctor? Like, it, with what we do in medical billing, um, we really do take the doctor's word for what happened in that room. We want to be able to trust what the doctor is saying. Yeah. And when you're doing medical billing, you are taking the notes from that meeting. You're taking the codes and you are going to write your billing codes according to these CPT codes. And if the doctor said, "Hey, I'm doing this procedure, and these are the reason. This is the reason why." And you have your transcript. You know, we're going to code that according to the notes that the doctor gives us. It kind of makes you think: if this is happening in this case, how many other procedures and how many different kinds of procedures are intentionally being miscoded just to try and cover? something for a patient? It's a good question. And you have to wonder if this is a sympathy thing for the patient, if it's a protest to the system. Are they just protesting that the insurance doesn't pay for this, that they have to go to the state for this? Um, or are they are they just trying to make more money because they can't get paid for this? Like, what is the motivation? Uh, you know, one's political, one is social, and one is financial. So what is the motivation to miscode on purpose and steal money from either the government or the insurance companies and get reimbursed for the procedures of the patient? If you have a cause-driven agenda that makes you want to help patients, then help them, but don't steal. 
There, there doesn't require you to steal money from the state or insurance companies to uh, advance something you believe in. And as, as doctors, you have every right to help a patient. You don't have a right to steal from insurance companies or the state just because they don't cover the cause-driven procedure that you want to uh, offer your patient. And it could, be, it could be on any level. It doesn't have to be a political charged issue. It can be, uh, you know, we believe, let's say I'm a doctor, I believe that stomach ulcers should always be covered and, or I believe that, you know, appendices should always be operable no matter what the insurance company says. And if that's, and if that's the hill I want to die on, then I'm going to help that patient because I believe that I just have to do it ethically. You know, we still have a requirement and a a code to live by, whether you're in co- whether you're in coding, whether you're in billing, whether you're in you know actual medical practice, uh, we have a we have a standard to uphold. But whether you're in billing, whether you're in coding, whether you're in uh, actual medical service to the patient, there is a code that you have to live by. And this doctor clearly violated multiple codes of ethics to help their patients, and it's unfortunate because it's not necessary. You know, there's plenty of doctors that give back. There's there's doctors without borders and they help a ton of people. There's doctors helping millions of people every day and not stealing from the government or the insurance companies. So yeah, Chris, this, this was a great article and I think it's relevant to coding and billing and the things we talk about. Um, you know, hopefully our listeners uh, are taking heed to what's happening with, you know, the billing issues that are happening across the board, whether it's AI, whether it's fraud, whether it's changes in regulations, changes in software. Uh, now we can't even host any patient information overseas if the practice has any um, nexus in Florida. So there's a lot of things changing with the medical billing industry, the medical industry, healthcare as a whole. Uh, so hopefully we see positive changes and we, you know, we don't see doctors, uh, you know, reaching around the corner, you know, stealing money just to forward their causes. So, um, but this is a great article. So again, thank you for listening. The link to this article is in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you. Remember to email us at office at betterbillingtoday.com. Share this podcast on your favorite platform, refer us to a friend and, uh, feel free to send your comments, suggestions, Uh, concerns and contribute to the conversation. Again, I'm your host, Adam Welchel with Spark Billing Services, and this has been another episode of Better Billing Today.